Welcome to a special episode of Solve This Murder. I'm your Encyclopedia Brown, Bill. And I am your Donald J. Sobol, Danny. So we haven't been very clear with what's going on with Solve This Murder. We finished the last mystery and then we just sort of stopped for a while. So welcome (laughs) back. Here we are. So we're doing something a little bit different with the structure of Solve This Murder in the future, as you may have noticed. Look, a lot of this time off has been because of a whole bunch of stuff happening and then coronavirus and then other projects that came up in our lives and a lot of other stuff. And also because we weren't finding going back to back with every mystery was sustainable for us. Yeah, we were doing weekly episodes and starting new ones immediately or semi-immediately after. And honestly, it was just a lot. Yeah, and like, unlike you know, everyone when they do creative stuff, they start out just that little <laughs> bit overambitious, and they can't sustain it. Uh, and especially con- compared to Escape This Podcast episodes that we've been doing, uh, this is much harder. It is a lot harder in the production as well as in the actual performance of it. There's a lot more involved rather than just in the creation of the room or the creation of the mystery. So it's been a lot more uh, emotionally taxing to get it all going. So the show will still go on. Uh, And when each new mystery releases, those releases will still be weekly. For the new mystery coming up, which we don't have a working, we don't have a title for yet, but we do know it's set in a summer camp. Clue Cadaver. Camp camp Clue, the Cadaver at Camp Clue. Oh, I think we've just named it. (laughs) Oh, that's awful. I think we've just named it the Cadaver at Camp Clue. So in the newest mystery that's coming up, the Cadaver at Camp Clue, that will release weekly, as will all of our mysteries whenever they are released. But the time between them will be variable. Bigger, yeah. Um, So, uh, if you're subscribed, pay attention to when they come out because you'll see it. Also, if you want to know when any new mystery is coming out, follow us on Twitter, and you'll be able to see those. They'll all get announced there as well. Uh, There are links to that below. It's solve this murder. Uh, It's not. It's not super hard to find on Twitter. But that being said, we don't have a release date for the next mystery yet. Uh, It is written, not performed. And not edited. <laughs> that's that's where we're Weird. at with it. But we are doing this special bonus episode just to let you know what's going on and to have a little bit of fun. Uh, and we are going to do... Do you want to announce what we're doing, Danny? All right. So while going through the bookcase at my parents' house, I uncovered one of my childhood books given to me when I was about six, seven years old by my older cousins. And this is the book More Two Minute Mysteries by the creator of Encyclopedia Brown, Donald J. Sobel. Now... We did not grow up with Encyclopedia I don't even know what Encyclopedia... It's a name I recognise. Like, this is more American than we were ever Mm. exposed to. But something about children and mysteries. And so these were the other things that the author created, a small series of short, and when we say short, we mean it, mystery stories. Mm. They're literally like two pages of text. Yeah, this first one is literally, I would say, one full page. Now, now, I haven't read any of these. I'm assuming they're sort of in the in the vein of lateral thinking puzzles, like it's mm. a, you know, the, they were on a block of ice. Look, a little bit, well, sort let's find of, out. Now, but you... they're a lot more tiny thing than okay. that. Okay, you know some of these already. I will remember a couple of them. There's one that I was able to solve when I was seven years old. But there's an awful lot of stories in here. 63 stories. Oh, wonderful. Well, what are we going to be doing with these? Let's, I don't know if we're going to do just one today or if we're going to yeah. do a couple because they are two-minute mysteries. Will it take you two minutes to solve it? I don't know. Here's a plan. This is a special episode of, of Solve This Murder. If this is fun... If these are interesting, because I haven't read these, these might be terrible. It might be like, 
There are two people standing on a bench. One of them gets up and murders the other. Why did they do it? In their pocket, they have a note that says, I murdered them because I didn't like them. The answer is, they didn't like them? Ha, <laughs> you got it right. I'm Donald J. Sobel. Good work. This is my Donald J. Sobel voice. So maybe they're that. Maybe they're terrible. Maybe they're amazing. Um, if they're fun, our plan is to continue going basically through, through the rest of this book as a special series on our Patreon page. Now, we don't have a Solve This Murder-specific Patreon page yet, but we do have a kind of large community of followers over on our Escape This Podcast uh, Patreon page. Now, both of these shows, Solve This Murder, Escape This Podcast, as well as our Twitch channel, Play This Game, are all combined within our network, which is called Consume This Media. So at some point, the branding on that Patreon will probably change to make it a Consume This Media Patreon page, similar to signing up to support Max Fun, uh, which will support all of our different shows and projects that we're doing. We are going to add this series to the $5 level, which is the, the level for all of our bonus audio, uh, for anybody who is currently signed up on that Patreon. So if you, if you enjoy this and you want to hear more, uh, they'll basically release fortnightly there. At the moment, we have fortnightly releases of a puzzle design show that we are doing on Patreon, and now in the weeks between episodes of our puzzle design podcast, we will have some episodes of Two Minute Murder Solving. Unless, of course, this is terrible, in which case it's not <laughs> going to happen. But I th we'll let you know at the end. And also, if you're interested, on that Patreon, in that bonus audio, we also have a couple of Solve This Murder-esque versions of Agatha Christie stories. Yes, we have our original uh, proto-Solve This Murders. So if you haven't signed up to listen to those... You've now also got extra incentive. But either way... We've got to hurry because I just opened this book and the front cover started cracking <laughs> oh no, a little cracking bit. The book. This book is from 1971. Oh, that actual book? Uh, that's what the copyright says. Oh, lovely. Um, well, I'm ready. Now, Danny, you know some of these. Maybe the first couple you, yes. you vaguely remember from childhood. I have childhood. some faint memories. Uh, well, do you want to read it out to me? Sort of. Or shall I read it out to you? A bit of both, because oh, this what? is almost entirely conversational, this <gasps> first one. Ooh, we'll pass it back and forth. So, some exactly. I think you should play uh, the role of... my Donald J. Sobel voice. I think you should play the role of the district attorney, and I should play the defendant. Okay. Oh, do, how, I, do, how I do you want to do this? Uh, it does start with you. This I'll is the case of the airport. The case of these are alphabetical, by the way. We're starting with airport killing. The case of the airport killing. <clears throat> Sorry, you're going to need to like edit out a lot of pauses between yeah, yeah, things here. At eight a.m. on Monday, March the fourth, nineteen sixty-eight, you were drinking coffee in a rear booth in the sandwich shop at the airport. Asked the district attorney. No, you don't have to do those parts. Just Ask do the conversation. the district attorney. No, you just do the conversation. Oh, fine. We, I already said you're the district attorney. I'm the district. Is my voice? I forgot it already. I was. And you didn't see the man in the booth across the aisle, not five feet from you, stabbed to death? No, I was reading the local morning newspaper. <laughs> this is fun. The cashier remembers you. You were in an awful hurry. You gave her a half dollar in payment of a 15 cent check. <laughs> God, this book is from 1971. Those are money. You gave her a half dollar in payment for a, of a 15 cent check and you didn't wait for your change. 15 cent coffee and he gave her a 35 cent tip? What is this? 1970s money. That's two million dollars. I had to catch a plane. You were aware of the time, but you didn't notice the man in the next booth was dead with a knife sticking out of his chest? I might have seen him, but I never looked directly at him. You didn't hear him order eggs and coffee? 
I might have. I don't remember. I was busy reading the New York Stock Exchange listings. I own some shares. Oh, and how long did that take you? Couple of minutes. Then I read the market news. There was a long article forecasting steel prospects for next year. After I finished reading the article, I noticed the time. I had less than two minutes to catch my plane to Los oh, Angeles. Two minute mysteries, two minute mysteries, two minute mystery. There's one final line whispered to the detective beside you. I'll, I'll give you the narration for this one. In the rear of the courtroom, Dr. Halegin leaned over and whispered to Inspector Winters. If he isn't convicted of murder, he'll draw a stiff sentence for perjury. Yes, I believe Dr. Halegin is the um, character. And, uh, oh, that's, like the, that's like the Poirot? Exactly. <laughs> okay, oh, hold on. So now we're going to solve this mystery. Yes, you do. What, so you just me? I know. I didn't agree to this. This isn't a normal episode where I have to solve all the mysteries. But I already know the answer. <laughs> How am I supposed to help? Cheat. Um, okay, so hold on. He's like... You can lateral thinking this. He's like, okay, someone next to you was killed while you were having brekkie. Mm-hmm. You were like, I didn't hear him. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice he got stabbed. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, why'd you pay a bunch of money and run out real quick? He's like, oh, I need to catch my plane. By the way, while I was there, I was reading about stock. Stocks stock. and steel prospects. Stocks and steel prospects, which was real interesting. And when I finished the article, it was a long article. But when I finished the, the article, I then saw that I only had two minutes to catch my plane. So I left. That's pretty embarrassing. Now, knowing the answer, because I don't know the quality of these, mm-hmm. these mysteries. What kind of, like, could I be like, oh, it's, you know, he was... The, the, the minimum amount of time to get to the plane from where he was eating breakfast is five minutes, so it couldn't have been only two minutes to go. Okay, what I will say about is that it, uh, hmm. is that that would not be an expectation unless it were some sort of, like, all across the United States there is a law that says you have to be at your gate five minutes before entering Ooh. a plane. Was so it, outside knowledge, very much acceptable. What was the time? What was the time of the mystery? 8 a.m. on Monday, March 4th, 1968. Does that play into the solution? It does not. Okay, so it's not like newspapers. Uh, actually, yes. Newspapers don't do the stock. The stock market doesn't do whatever on Mondays. That is the correct answer. <laughs> well, and what's the actual wording of this correct answer? He's like the it's... defendant claimed he was so busy checking stocks in the morning newspaper that he didn't notice the killing. Impossible. On Monday, local morning newspapers do not carry stock exchange <laughs> transactions. Cool. All right. I don't think I could have worked that one out. Um, but I got it. It's the mm-hmm. stocks is the problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, this, uh, we definitely need to do a couple of these per episode. Um, <laughs> I think that was an appropriately two minute long mystery. Okay, here's what we're going to do, Danny. Yeah. We're going to do one more and then we're going to see if we can concoct our own together. <laughs> That's the end of this special bonus episode. Okay, right? okay, okay. Okay, okay. Now this next one is not all conversational. There is some action as well. All right. How about you do the narration and I'll do both characters? Or the other way around, if you prefer. Um, okay, you can do the characters, I guess. But <laughs> hold on. Well, I feel like I should just come over to you because there's narration in between lines. No, no, it's we'll going to be even harder. All right, well, why don't we read paragraph by paragraph? No, nah, that feels worse. <laughs> oh, let me just come over to your microphone. Word, word at a time. Oh. oh, no, don't be on my microphone. What's wrong with being at your microphone? I'm worried about my uncle. Oh, come on. Fine. <clears throat> I'm leaving your microphone. I'm worried. Oh, God. You don't what like that voice? Doing? I hate them. 
Okay. But I'm worried about my uncle Phil. Is that what better? What are you doing here? All right. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I'm worried about my uncle Phil. Stephen Bates's voice was anxious over the telephone. He failed to keep a dinner engagement with me tonight. Do you mind meeting me at his place, say in mm, half an hour? So Dr. Halegian agreed and was waiting in the lobby of Philip Bates's apartment building when Stephen arrived by cab. My uncle thought he was being followed the last couple of days. He keeps a great deal of cash in a wall safe in his den. Unfortunately, he isn't exactly secretive about it. Did you try to reach him tonight? Asked Halegian. I set him up with a whispery voice yeah, in the first puzzle. That's fair. When he didn't show up for dinner, I telephoned his home. I got no answer. So they left the elevator on the 14th floor, and then they walked rapidly to the door of Philip Bates's bachelor apartment, unlocked, and in the entrance hall burned the only light. Hold on, let me just get what that means. That means that there is no light anywhere in the apartment except the entrance hall? Yeah. Okay. Better to have a look in the den. So Stephen nodded and led the way in, paused at the door to the darkened room. There's a floor lamp in the corner. Says that, and then he disappeared into the darkness. And an instant later, the room was bathed in light. Directly behind the desk, there's a small oval safe door, wide open. And Stephen is standing in one corner, one hand on the lamp. And he has an expression of alarm twisting his face. Because he steps back over the unmoving form of his uncle, who lies at his feet. And now he's dead! So Halegian goes over, kneels beside the dead Philip Bates... No, no, just a nasty blow on the head. Not fatal, this isn't a Poirot novel. <laughs> Lucky for you, you went to a lot of trouble to throw me off the scent. Then at the last minute, you practically confessed to the crime. Not so, <laughs> Not so whispery anymore, I see. No, when he solves a murder, he gets really unwhispery. Oh, great. Even though his only line <laughs> whispering before was when he was solving yeah, a murder. He has multifaceted character. Okay. What was this one called? This one was The Case of the Anxious Nephew. Okay, an anxious nephew. Um, now, so, reading that, I barely took in any of it. Yeah, I thought that was going to be the problem if you focused on the voices. I'm making a piece of entertainment for an audience, Danny. This is the crime genre. you got to take it seriously. No. So the nephew's like, okay, uncle didn't come in. Never rocked up. He said he'd... He blabs about his money a lot. Yeah. Keeps a great deal of cash in his den. Um. He said he didn't show up for dinner. I telephoned his house, got no answer. Ooh, now this is the kind of sentence that feels like it's going to be super important. Leaving the elevator on the 14th floor, they went to his door. There was only one light in the hallway. The door, the, the, the apartment's unlocked. This one I also he know says, the answer. There's a floor lamp in the corner. Then he walked into the darkness. Then everything lit up. Oh, so they've gone to the uncle's apartment. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Is it that, how would he know there's a floor lamp in the corner? No, he probably knows his uncle's apartment. Then, right behind the desk, a small oval safe was open. Stood in the corner, one hand on the lamp, expression of alarm twisting his face. He said, is he dead? Now, why, what did he do that practically confessed to the crime? Did he indicate, did he do something that indicates, like, oh, Here's a thing I did that, that no one who didn't do the murder would know. He didn't show up to, I tell, is it the telephoning part? No, because he says it was right at the end. At the last minute, you practically confessed to the crime. Yeah, I will say this is not an outside knowledge one. Hmm. 
oh, he stepped back over the unmoving form of his uncle. Is it like, how did he know the uncle was there and stepped over him in the darkness if he yes. hadn't killed him? That is exactly oh, right. In leaving the floor lamp, Stephen had stepped back over his uncle. Thus, in going to the lamp, he'd had to step over his uncle, which he did. But only a man who knew beforehand that Philip Bates lay on the floor could have avoided tripping over him in the darkness. I love it. That's a yeah, fun that's little fair. That's a fun little solution yeah. to him. Why can't I solve crimes like this Halegian person? Well, I mean, maybe normal people don't have as many murderers making terrible blunders in front of you. Yeah, maybe you need to set up your murderers to do more of that. Maybe you need to have your murderers be like, well, I was there all night. Of course, I was watching the news where they said, today's Tuesday. And then I would go, wait, what is today? Say Wednesday. They were watching the news last night, which means they could have done the... Why don't you give me more of those kind of lateral thinking clues to solve? Gotta be honest, I feel like in the last one I did. (laughs) All right, so now let's have a think. We won't go on to the next one. Actually, yeah, you did do nice clues on the last one. Slain Singer, yeah. good yeah. clues. Oh. Made it fun to solve. So let's take a look. The next one is called Case of the Arctic Hero. Are we doing the next one? I thought we were going to save it. I just said that. Okay, sorry. We're not going to do the next one. The Case of the Arctic Hero. Mm. I'm going to close the book. We're going to write our own for it? Yep. All right, okay. Case of the Arctic Hero. obviously, is this something in the Arctic currently or someone who's come back from the Arctic Come back from the Arctic. They are are back from the Arctic. Is it really heroic to go to the Arctic? What what did they do there? Look, there's no Antarctic, but um, they they crossed it. In the 70s, 60s, 70s? They were looking for a new new path through the Arctic Circle. And they found one. They found one. Okay, that makes him a hero. He has solved all shipping routes. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, now, uh, so he has returned. He's a great Arctic hero. And the single suspect, because it seems like there's only one suspect sure. in these stories, and you've just got to find their fatal flaw. Yeah, yeah. that sounds fair. That's, that's what we've learned so far. <laughs> Why don't you give me one suspect in our murder mysteries, Danny? I'd solve them in two minutes. Uh, the bottle episode of Solve This Murder. Yeah, it's just me in a room with one person yeah. who says, I didn't kill him. And you can even ask my knife. I mean, I don't have a knife. And they're like, oh, you do have a knife. You're the murderer. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just that episode of Brooklyn with the dentist. Exactly. It's great. Oh, okay. So, yeah, who do we think our one suspect is? The grandson of someone he went to the Arctic with. Oh, okay. So this is an yeah. old He Arctic went to the Arctic thing. 40 years ago. Okay, love it. All right. The grandson of his partner who died, died tragically. Yep. Yep, fair enough. Okay. What's happened to this Arctic hero? Hero Johnson. He's been stabbed with an ice pick. Oh, no. And it's melted, melted away. Oh, I meant like... (laughs) (laughs) A pick made of ice is what you meant, right? Yeah, yeah. A mining pick made of ice. He was stabbed with that. I mean, so we're assuming, because obviously there's just a puddle of water. Yeah, sure. Okay. And it's stab wound. (laughs) In fact, maybe maybe, uh, it's something like that. Like, he just slips up by saying he knows... That it was a pick or something unusual yeah, like that. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the that's the that's Perfect. the giveaway. It's an, a melted weapon, and they're like, and he's like, look, I just can't imagine that. Look, you know, I walked I, in, I, I saw him with that axe wound, and yeah. oh god. Yeah, I saw him with the, with the with the pick in his chest. And well, be no, because like, that's an outrageous lie saying that, but just saying like saying I recognized it as a pick wound. Mm. I, I saw him like with. That's why I think. I went with hammer because I feel like hammer is a more recognizable thing to say rather than a pick wound. Well, also, you didn't go with hammer. You went with axe. Axe. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. I was, I was picturing an axe that entire time that nice I said axe. hammer. Yeah. And 
you say, yeah, I saw him with that axe wound because axe wound is a phrase. Yeah. And then it's like, aha, except you said you saw him in the morning and he was killed last night. That axe melted. You just know it was an axe because you were the axe melter. Exactly. Done. There's, that's there's the no solution. way that you could have known that it was an axe. That's it. We've done it. That's how you, that's what it's going to be. It's Perfect. a melted axe. So we'll see if you want to find out. Now I feel like that's mean and we should read it. <laughs> just, just to see if we got anywhere nearby. No, you know what, Danny? Oh, come on. I don't want to. No, we can't bait people. <laughs> All right, fine. Okay, okay. We're doing three apparently and just because of Dan- Danny's conscience. All right, this one is all talking again. Okay. All right, you want to be Hilegian? Yes. Sorry, it's all speech except for one line. Don't tell me. Let me guess. You made a play for a young lady, but got your lines fouled and your face slapped. This doesn't work so far, does it? No. Mm-hmm. It's not like with what we had <laughs> predicted. <laughs> no. So Cyril Macon, the luckless Lothario, nodded glumly. That's the non-speech sentence in the thing. I think that's fantastic. This time I was absolutely sure I had my story down pat, yet something went wrong. I can't figure what. You've heard of Gertrude Morgan, her, her grandfather. Yes, grandparents. Yes, grandparents. Sailed Ten points. With... Ten points. We should do this for all of them. We mm. should predict before okay, okay. it happens. That's the new, mo- that's no. the new structure of this show. If you want to listen to the Patreon show, we always pre-attempt to write that mystery and see what matches up. We just earn ten points. So have you heard of Gertrude Morgan? Ten points for the word grandfather. Nice. Ten points for grandfather. Her grandfather sailed with Admiral Byrd, and a cousin climbed Mount Everest with the Egler party. If you haven't combed icicles from your whiskers, you don't rate with her. Sure, fair. I took her to dinner Christmas Eve, and it seemed a good time to trundle out my Arctic Circle yarn. I opened by commenting that I had once spent Christmas Eve in less comfortable surroundings. <laughs> then I told her about the morning Lieutenant Craven and I were mushing back to the Navy's Arctic Observation Weather Station. Suddenly Craven fell and fractured his leg. Ten minutes later, the stretch of ice we were crossing broke loose. We began to drift out to sea. I realized Craven and I and the dogs would freeze to death unless I started a fire. Alas, we had used up all our matches. I got out a small magnifying glass from our instrument kit and, tearing off sheets from our reports, laid them on a steel instrument box. By focusing the sun's rays through the glass onto the paper, I started a hearty blaze. Fortunately, a cutter picked us up after 24 hours. The captain said I was a bit of a hero. I've solved it. Last line. I've solved it. But not Miss Morgan. And no wonder. What was wrong with Cyril's story? I have a theory as well. Oh, okay. Can you say one word that hints towards what your answer is? Christmas. Damn it, that was my word. Okay, cool. We both both think we know There's no sun, right? In the Arctic Circle at Christmas, that seems highly unlikely. I assume that's their three months of darkness. In the Arctic Circle on Christmas Eve, Cyril could not have started a fire by using the sun's rays. As every student knows, or should, (laughs) the sun disappears in the far north from October... To about March. That's longer than three months. Well, back in the 70s. Now it's only two days. If you haven't experienced... Uh, we get 10 points for grandparents. Great. If you're in a place that doesn't get the bizarre daylight things, like we've never experienced that too extremely. No. In Australia, sunlight is when sunlight should be. <laughs> we've got, we have got we have real sunlight here in Australia. The only weird one that we've done was Christmas in London, where it got dark at 4pm. Yeah, and like, not bright until like 11am. Oh, it, that was very crazy. But luckily, with the jet lag, I was fine with going to bed at 4 o'clock. Yeah, true. 
But yeah, the full total darkness for five months. So if you enjoyed this, I hope it was something fun to tide you over until the next episode. Now, one thing I will try and do when we post this is in the show notes below, there will be a link, whatever link I can find, to purchase a copy of more Two Minute Mysteries and probably the original Two Minute Mysteries as well by Donald J. Sobel. So at least I can consider this complete... uh, transformative work but still using uh, somebody else's uh, original writing as at least advertisement for their book so go and buy this book 100 percent like this is great like 63 stories in one book whoever currently owns the rights to this i don't know if donald j sobel is alive no i probably should have brought my phone so i could look up these sorts of details but you know buy the book read it yourself Catch up with all of uh, uh, our stuff. At least, at the very least, support the estate, if not Donald J. Savile. I literally don't know who currently owns the rights to these. Um, I'll cut this if it's very sad. Um, <laughs> uh, and also, if you want to hear the rest of this, se- this series, which we'll be doing it as a Patreon-exclusive series, uh, fortnightly between episodes of our puzzle design stuff, it'll be on what is currently, as, t- as of recording, the Escape This Podcast Patreon page, but may well soon, by the time of listening, be the consume this media. Well, I'm not. You That's may, maybe a lot they're gonna, of work. Maybe they're going to listen in two years. I don't know when people are listening if, to this. Well, if you either do, way, there's a link below. And if you do sign up for the Patreon, send us a message there while you do so, saying that you have come from solve this murder. Yeah, it helps us know why you want what you want to listen to. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed it. Now, as we said before, when the new mystery is released, it will be weekly as normal, but the gaps between each mystery will be undefined uh, until we get stage. you know then maybe they'll be back to back or maybe there'll be another six months between mysteries ouch we, we, we hopefully not but uh, we, we, we're getting back into it soon uh, and it should be a lot of fun so I hope you enjoy that it is coming soon uh, it, it is on on track uh, and we'll have a lot of time actually with the latter half of this year to work on a few of these so uh, it should be out soon and I hope you enjoy it it should be exciting I hope it's as easy as a two minute mystery <laughs> So I hope you all enjoyed that. Thank you, everybody. Uh, you're all wonderful for supporting the show. I know it's be- uh, we, we kind of didn't describe what was going on very well. We just sort of let it lie. And I know a lot of people have been messaging us and yeah, asking us when the new that. one was coming. So thank you for like... showing that you cared. Because if no one had messaged us, maybe it literally never would have come back. You never know. We would have been like, oh, no one even cares that it's gone. <laughs> no one even likes this show. So thank you so much. Uh, and we'll see you when the next one starts. Which, what do we call it? The Cadaver at Camp Clue? Yay. I really hope we don't call it that. But I think we will now. I think it's stuck. Thanks, everybody. Bye.